Hey stud, welcome to the Fantasy Affair. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Fantasy Affairans, and welcome to the Fantasy Affairs Football Podcast. I am your host, Brian Manganero, in this deliciously special short segment pod we have for you, our table for two. Tonight, everyone, it is our biggest date night. I'm talking anniversary dinner, getting spiffy, smelling good kind of evening we've got planned. Uh, we are here with the co-host, writer, co-owner of the Dynasty Nerds, Garrett Price. Uh, Garrett, welcome to the Dynasty Affairs Table for Two. How you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm glad you guys asked me to, to come on and join you and uh, get to talk a little bit about uh, the fantasy season that's been 2020, uh, some dynasty stuff, uh, all that good stuff. It's always a good time. So thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. We're super excited. And, you know, before we get started, I hear you're a big office guy. So I got to ask, top two characters outside of Michael Scott for you on The Office? All right. Because obviously, yes, Michael Scott's incredible. I'm even going to rule out Dwight Schrute, who probably should also like, yeah, right. You know, I would agree. Go he's so good. Back. He's so good. But I'm going to do a little bit more deep dives than than just the the surface obvious uh i'm a big kevin malone guy yes uh, i think kevin malone is severely underrated in the last season the uh the opening of of kevin with the turtle gets me every time <laughs> like i only to find out he was already dead like probably when i ran over him with my car the first time like that's oh, yes. The sea world, see the world, uh, you know. <laughs> Can't get enough. Come on. Who's your other guy or girl? So, so this is where it gets tricky because, like, Kevin's my easy answer. Like, that's my go-to. But then after that, there's so many good other possibilities that could, like, fit in. Um, I'm leaning toward – I'm actually leaning toward Moe's. Just because that whole <laughs> dynamic with him and Dwight is just so fun. Like you only get like two or three of, of Mo's situations uh, a season, but every one of them is gold. And so yeah. I, I'm going to go with Mo's as my other one. That's a deep pull. And hopefully we can uh, relate some deep dynasty pulls with that. Burke, how do you there feel you about Mo's? I, I like him. Those, those aren't my sleepers though. I'm a, I like Creed. <laughs> I like my wild cards. I like Creed's Creed. great. Creed's and uh, Daryl's my number two. I can't get over getting up, Daryl. Oh yeah. yeah, we gotta find in the shower. Yes, when <laughs> yes, anytime they do a musical special, it's 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 got me. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, awesome. So, uh, Garrett, you know this is uh, Mr. Burke, my own DJ Burke, delicious. Uh, he's here with you for this table for two. Uh, you ready over there, Mr. Berkey? I think so. I think so. Uh, you know. I've read a few articles. I think I'm good to go. You know, <laughs> done this, done this a few times. Awesome, great guys. So uh, now that we're here and greeted, this will be a four course meal served by me, uh, gentlemen. This dinner is all dynasty. You're going to be creating a four course menu of players for your dynasty leagues. Uh, this is going to be tasty. So as I go through each course, uh, Garrett, you and Burke, uh, you will talk it out as you're working through like a dinner, deciding on what's right for you and your guys' experience. Um, so right off the rip, the amuse-bouche, uh, the delicious bite sent out by the chef, 
you definitely didn't order it or expect it to be as crazy tasty as it is. So these are flash in the pan guys who may present some like immediate value, uh, but maybe some in Dynasty. And what will that cost you? I'm going to go right ahead to you, uh, DJ Berkey. Yeah, I wrote in Justin Jackson here. Uh, I didn't expect it to be a thing. You really thought Eckler was going to take that uh, that backfield, but with the injury, you know, clearly he's not around. The, the rookie is, is good. He's just okay. He's mediocre at everything he does. He's definitely solid. But Justin seems like he has uh, won that backfield out the gate. He's definitely got efficiency. You know, he gets good yards per carry, good receptions. He's, he's good in the passing game. Uh, he'll, he'll get a nice volume, which gives him a floor. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just – I don't know what I would pay for him. I've offered a couple thirds, trying to sneak them, sneak them in to fill in for the bye weeks. Uh, the obvious answer was probably uh, Chase Edmonds, but I went with Justin Jackson. He's cheap. He's effective. He's a nice flex. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Justin Jackson obviously getting those reps in without Eckler being there. Uh, what say you, Garrett? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Chase Edmonds because that was the, that was where my mind went to first right away too was uh, you know Chase Edmonds with that situation with even before Drake was out I mean he was he was a better fantasy producer uh, easily on a per touch basis but overall with the exception of the Dallas game he was a better fantasy producer uh, than Kenyon Drake but uh, my answer is going to be a guy that I have probably uh, been the biggest fan of out of maybe anybody ever. Uh, but, uh, I, I'm going with DJ Dallas. Oh, yes! Yes! I, I had to get a, like, this is the week to get a DJ Dallas reference. If there's ever been one, uh, right now we have Chris Carson. That's banged up with injuries. Uh, we have, uh, Carlos Hyde, who apparently he, he finished the game last week, but apparently there's some, some hamstring issues and stuff. And then, uh, something going on with, with Homer's knee. So none of these are, are guys that we expect to be missing you know, most of the season or four to six weeks or anything like that. But there's a very real possibility that DJ Dallas is the last man standing in Seattle this week. And just by default, he gets some work. So uh, he's already looked great in the receiving game. Uh, we, we even saw a one-handed catch the other night. Uh, so everything we heard in training camp has been great about him in that sense. Uh, had some great uh, plays and pass protection and then some atrocious ones oh, at the very end yes. of the game there. You can't, uh, so, can't talk DJ Dallas with uh, without mentioning, you know, that little oh, that, oh man. He just literally awesome. just let the dude go right. I don't know what he was thinking. Uh, I was I was actually talking with him this week and I was like, hey man, like keep your head up. Like you had some good plays, but uh that one not so much. Uh but but he's a great, great kid, and he really fits the bill for what uh, Seattle's trying to do right now. I mean, they're really airing it out they're letting Russ cook like they really are letting that happen and uh, that's always been a strength has been pass pro uh, with the exception of that one play and and in the receiving game so uh DJ Dallas is going to be my flash in the pan guy I love it uh you know obviously you know through Twitter that I am uh, definitely amongst the army of the DJ Dallas uh fan club so real truth um yeah <laughs> Uh, so awesome. Uh, Justin Jackson and uh, DJ Dallas, a couple of running backs. And obviously in a season like we have so far, running backs are just, uh, they're the commodity. And if you have a running back that's starting even a game, it's, it's such a massive advantage uh, to you and your lineup. So um, let's move to our appetizer course. Uh, this is what you're craving. This is what you see on the menu. This guy is an instant. Yes, I want that. Uh, it's filling. It's fantastic. It's out for there for you to have. 
Uh, maybe those positional threes uh, that you're sure can solidify into a two next year um, or as soon as weeks to come. And again, what what's it going to cost you? So uh, let's start with you, Garrett, this time. So the guy I'm going to go to here, uh, I'm going to stay in the rookie vein. Uh, I was just talking about DJ Dallas and somebody that's really stepped up each and every week. And he's getting more comfortable in the offense. It's an offense that looks like it's going to be passing the ball an absolute ton. Uh, and so I'm going to go with T Higgins. T Higgins is the guy that I'm going to go with. I really like uh, his game. He wasn't as exciting or as sexy as some of the other prospects in this class, but he had produced forever with Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. And first couple weeks, first week or two, you could tell there was some, some learning curve going on there, but he picked up things real quick. Uh, and, and he's already producing uh, even maybe slightly above wide receiver three on the year. I think he's probably at or below wide receiver three, but uh, these past four or five weeks, I mean, he's been finding the end zone and Joe Burrow seems to be getting really, really comfortable with him. So at this point, I, you probably, if you bought him, you were probably drafted him at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round in 12 team league. So he was probably somewhere between like 11 and 15 range. I would, I doubt you can get away with just giving up a first. You're probably going to have to give more than that since he was already taken at the end of the first. But uh, I would be willing to give a first and a second to get a guy like T. Higgins. I think he's going to be that good for the foreseeable future. Yeah, big endorsement on T. Higgins for a first and a second, especially like you said, he was being drafted most commonly like around 12 to 15. Um, Berkey, what say you? Love that pick. I thought you were going to go Chanel. I thought the buildup was for Chanel. I do love T. Higgins, though, <laughs> the, the connection the connection with Joe Burrell for years to come. I had a tough time with this rookie class because uh, after Judy went to Denver, Rieger I was never very high on. I, I guess I was alone on that. With the injury, it's tough to tell, but I had him as my second wide receiver, and it was really tough for me to take him at that uh, 9, 10, 11 spot. It just was. Um, so I don't have enough of him. I got one share. But it's a great pick. Uh, I went a little older. So I, got, I wrote in a bunch of stuff. I'm going to go with Miles Gaskins. I'm going to stick with the running back position. Uh, currently running back 16. He's producing. I think he'd be much higher if they didn't give away all those touchdowns to Jordan Howard early in the year. Uh, that offense is going to – I don't think it's going to get worse with Tua. It may not improve. I really like Fitz Magic. I'm shocked at the move they made. I'm a little disappointed as an NFL fan. As a Tua fan, of course, I'm pumped. But you know, I'm going to go with Miles. And I, I give up a second and a third in a super flex, maybe uh, two seconds and a one quarterback just to lock in that running back production for this year and then see where it goes in next year. But the guy can play. The guy can play. He's good in the passing games, get four yards a clip. Yeah. RB 16, a discount. I'll take that. It, it, you know, and I love the pull of Miles Gaskin just because this year has just been a year of like surprising rookies, the running back position. Um, at least when we're talking, uh, you know, Miles Gaskin, and we're talking. Um, Gaskin's a second. He's in his second. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, he yeah, took yeah. over uh, late Gaskin, last year, but it was him and Laird, so it was tough uh, to decide. Right, right. Well, with Miles Gaskin, uh, you know, we we looked at the Dolphins' offense uh, preseason, and it was Jordan Howard, goal line touches, and Matt Breida with the pass catching, and yep. n- nobody even spoke uh, a whisper to wind of Miles Gaskin. So. Um, now we're able to divvy him up or even offer seconds and a third uh, for, for his services at the running back 16 so far. Um, Berkey, you got another guy in here that I'm pretty interested in hearing about uh, at the wide receiver position. Why don't you go ahead and share? 
Man, I got a lot written in. Why don't you tell me the name and I'll tell you what it is. Uh, I want to. I, I want to hear uh, your Robbie Anderson for Dallas. Oh, it kills me. I was hoping you were going to say Landry because Landry's about to blow up and he's so good. <laughs> Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. I've had a tough time with Robbie because uh, going into the season, he was that deep ball guy. And we got tentative Teddy. I did think Breeze is going to open up Teddy's mind a little bit to how to move the safeties with your eyes and open up those deeper shots. He's playing for his coach in college at Temple. So you knew he was going to get a little bit of run, but when you're getting this many targets a game and you you appear to have taken over the number one wide receiver role from DJ Moore in an offense that's always in a negative game script and is throwing a ton, I mean, he, he's way too affordable for who he is. Like if you offer a first for Robbie, the guy's going to think about it, even if it's a late first. And if, you, if you're betting on yourself and you give up a first and a second for Robbie, I'd do that in a heartbeat. And if I can push anything out to 2022 so I don't, I can, you know, mitigate the risk a little bit if he falls off. Uh, I think he's a great buy, especially he just got a contract. Yeah. So I put in here, you know, like a Pittman, a Chanel, and I uh, for Robbie and maybe added just a little bit extra, like a, a high profile handcuff, like a Tony Pollard, clearly not Edmonds now that he's got the role, something like that. Yeah, and we talk timing always about these essential stocks that these players are for us in Dynasty and DJ Moore coming out with two touchdowns, 98 yards, still not as many receptors or not as many targets as Robbie Anderson. This is a window, as everybody claims a window, you know, this is a great time to be able to go, okay, uh, you know, Robbie Anderson didn't perform as well. So throw in that offer, especially as a contender. Um, and that's, that's a great move. When you look uh, at the wide receivers in the top 15, top 10, uh, it's tough to buy any of them, and Robbie is definitely affordable. The, the guy's not going to be completely against moving him. So. For sure. Garrett, what are you paying for Robbie Anderson? Yeah, I don't hate that at all. It, it was one of those things the first couple weeks where I, I struggled. I was like, is this is this for real? Is this just an early early season thing? And it, it, nope, it's, it, it's continuing, and it's continuing, and it's continuing. And, and it's not a knock on DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is a fantastic wide receiver. I, I think he might arguably, arguably even be a better wide receiver. But that being said, th that's not how he's being used in the offense. The way that they're being used in tunneling targets, and, and similar to running back, it's, it's opportunity is king, and, and Robbie Anderson's getting the opportunity. He has that relationship back in his Temple days, uh, with uh, Matt Rule, and so I think all of that is just coming together beautifully. And and he's, I mean, he's a very real wide receiver one. And I think for the foreseeable future, it was only a one year deal, so I think they're going to obviously re up and you know negotiate a higher contract and whatnot. But I, I think after this season, it's going to likely be him as a top eighteen, top sixteen wide receiver moving forward, which feels weird. It feels gross but it's absolutely the case. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great buy now. And then in the off season, capitalize and flip them, you know, so you don't have sure. to be connected to them forever. For sure. And, and in that Joe, uh, Joe Brady offense, how do you not want a piece of that, man? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been, it's been slinging and everyone's getting targets, but you know, the leader of those targets has been Robbie Anderson uh, as the team's wide receiver one. So uh, yeah. And agreed with that contract, especially with his head coach and clearly the, the narrative has worked out played in college, going to play in the pros and let's see how it works. So it has been uh, gentlemen, we're going to move on to the entree course. Uh, this is the age Wagyu. This is the poached lobster. Uh, I want a little bit of caviar with my lobster. So give me the focal point of your dynasty team at positions, uh, who you're feasting on and centering your squad around. 
um, essentially who are your ones now and what it will cost to get them and how long they're going to be a one for. Uh, Garrett, I'm going to lead you right in. All right, so make sure I got this clear. So a guy that is at the top of his game right now that I'm willing to invest in to be a centerpiece of my fantasy football teams. That's right. All right, one at each position. Uh, we can go running back and surprise us. So let's go running okay. back and then any other position. Running back and surprise us. So running back, I'm going Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I've gone very rookie centric. I, I wasn't planning to do that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it happens. It happens, especially when you're a dynasty guy. You spend so much time uh, studying them and focusing on them that I think my mind gets stuck in that that framework sometimes. But but I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor uh, at running back. Reason being, one, obviously, you want to invest in these running backs while they're young. It's it, one because it's stupid expensive to pay for Alvin Kamara right now, to pay for Dalvin Cook right now, to pay for Ezekiel Elliott, like any of these guys that you're trying to buy. Uh, it's even if they're having a down season or even if they're banged up, like you're still paying a stupid amount for them. Jonathan Taylor has been okay so far. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been spectacular, but the problem, the, the, the thing is this isn't to be unexpected. Like, yes, sometimes rookies come out of the gate and are just like gangbusters and it's going amazing right off the gate. That doesn't always happen for each and every guy. You can tell that Jonathan Taylor's overthinking out there he's processing too much the game is going a little quick for him right now the perfect time for an adjustment for that bye week bye week came this past week he got a chance to uh, spend some time watching more tape spend time with the offense all of these things and he actually has a really juicy schedule moving forward he gets to play the houston texans twice he's got a couple other really nice matchups in there so i think this is a guy that will absolutely be a top 12 running back for the foreseeable future and the, the price, even though it is really expensive right now, I don't believe it's going to be any cheaper anytime within the next four seasons. So if you want to get on the train, the cheapest time was to draft him. But if, if you mm -hmm. didn't get to draft him, you, you got to get him now because it's going to just be way too pricey later on. I have to quote, uh, you know, your guy, Rich Dotson, sometimes an overpay now <laughs> that looks like now is an underpay later. Yeah. God, if I live by those words. So, yeah, just like you said, a great time for Jonathan Taylor to kind of evaluate his cerebral um, aspect of the game as a bye week and, and kind of sit down and watch his tape and see what he's doing. So, um, Burke, hit us with your running back. Yeah, it's going to be a second-year guy for me. And, again, it's it's one of those things where he's finally affordable. It's Miles Sanders. Uh, it's kind of a dumpster fire with that offensive line being banged up and them having no receivers and the tight ends and yada, yada. But I'm a true Wentz believer. I believe in Doug Peterson. And he's finally it's somebody that you can actually go and get. Okay, so what, what they absolutely would have laughed at early in the year, they might take now. All right, and I'm probably willing to give up two firsts. Uh, for miles, which is a lot, but I believe in the talent. They, they got a weak schedule. They're in the worst division of football. They have no receivers. Even when Rieger comes back, you, you got to expect that he's going to get plenty of targets, right? He's going to get plenty of rushing attempts. And even though uh, the coach is, is viewed as a committee guy, you can use that to your advantage, advantage right now, right? Because you could sell, you could sell that perhaps his ceiling is capped because of the head coach, and you can sell that he's hurt, and you can sell that the you know, line is hurt, and you can move a piece like a you know a Dobbins or a Drake or a Carson or a Hunt. That's for well Drake's out, so a Carson or a Hunt that you can give him production now and add a little piece to it to get yourself a stud for the future. 
Right. And Miles Sanders just dealing with a little bit of issues. We know his talent when the guy's healthy and he's on the field, it's, it's remarkable watching some of the plays he can make. So, um, and, and Garrett, you know, I kind of skipped over a little bit of, of what you're willing to pay for a guy like oh, yeah. right now. For Jonathan Taylor, I have no problem paying two first uh, and, and even adding in a little bit uh, on top if I have to, like a, you know, a third or a, you know, a flyer player or something like that. But it, and part of that reason being is I have, I don't have as much confidence in the 2021 class as a whole. I love Travis Etienne. I think he's fantastic. After that, it's, I would have the rest of the guys all behind the top four from this year. And then the 22 running back class at the moment looks a little dumpster fire-ish. So it's going to be tough to buy running backs soon. And so I want to get in and get these young guys now before it gets really difficult to acquire new running back talent. For sure. And Berkey, you were right along with uh, two firsts as well for Miles Sanders, yeah? Yeah, I'm actually in a league where I have Jonathan Taylor uh, as my RB1 lockdown because Barkley went down. I had to give up Lamb in the deal. It's just, it hurts my soul every morning when I wake up. But I got <laughs> JT and I'm thinking about, because uh, I'm cruising in mean, first place, got a ton of points, got a great record. I'm thinking about moving JT for Miles Sanders plus because it's, it's one of those where what's the difference really? I mean, you know, he, he's, when Philip Rivers leaves, which will be great, and that O-line ages, what are the Colts going to look like next year? What if the head coach gets fired? You know, what, what is the future there? And I know that Philadelphia is probably going to win that division again, which locks up the coach, and the coach calls the plays, and Miles is his guy. And I, I just feel there's a little more security, probably because I've seen it for a whole year, you know. I saw yeah. it last season, but so yeah, those are those are both on my list. All right, it's only like uh, six that you can build around right now. You know? Tough. It's yeah, tough. it's absolutely tough. I mean, you know, you consider a guy uh, a running back one, and then all of a sudden, you know, he gets knocked out. Whether that be Eckler, CMC, Saquon, and you know, we're starting Chubb. to maybe like Chubb. Chubb. Yeah, right. Exactly. Chubb Barkley. Yeah. So it's it's absolutely crazy at the position at the moment. So let's move outside of that position, as we know, it is the most sought after uh, and and pillars of your team. If you can find one that stays healthy in the RB one position, um, but uh, Garrett, hit us with your outside running back, outside of a running back uh, entree course. All right, I'm finally getting outside of the rookie realm. Not by much, though, to a second-year guy. Uh, but I'm, I'm investing in Terry McLaurin. Uh, he has been absolutely fantastic with an offense that's been anything but fantastic. Everything that could go wrong in, in, with the Washington football team seemingly has over the past two seasons. And despite all of the quarterback change, all of the shuffling of offensive pieces, he is still one of the most heavily targeted players. He wasn't last year. He was actually, I want to say he was like 35th in targets last year, uh, but he's all the way up inside the top 10 this season in targets. So he's a heavily targeted player and he's, uh, and I have to, I wish I would have looked ahead of time. I believe he's uh, top 15 in points per game uh, at the wide receiver position. He's right, right in there. He might even be top 12 at this point uh, in PPR settings, but all of that with, he's actually had a brutal schedule. Like he's gone up against some of the best defensive backs in football so far. He's gone up against Slay. He's gone up against Jalen Ramsey. He's gone up against uh, a lot of these really good players. 
The rest of the season, though, he actually has one of the top five easiest remaining schedules for this year. So he's a he's a great value for this year, and he's still a young stud. It's a guy that you can build around, and we know that the NFC East, that he gets to play all of those teams twice, none of those teams look fantastic right now. All of them are, even the ones that are, like, going for it this year, it's really just like, okay, we're going to make the playoffs because somebody has to, but, you know, they, they don't have any real <laughs> shot outside of that. So it's not like any of these teams are good. Uh, so they're all headed to at least minor rebuilds uh, of some sort. Yeah. And when you're rebuilding, obviously, you know, you find a guy like Terry McLaren who comes out uh, and like you said, uh, we checked up, he's the PPR wide receiver 14 on the year, 14, okay. yep. uh, 15.2 points per game. Um, so it, yeah, rebuilding around that because clearly he's proven he can go with whatever quarterback comes his way. So he's just one of those talents. And, and again, second year player, we look for wide receivers. Again, I'm going to pull from the dynasty nerds, you know, wide receiver is his uh, third or fourth year breakout. So we, we wait for them uh, to mature into that realm and then, and then they're golden. So um, Berkey, how do you feel about Terry McLaren? I love Terry. I love scary Terry. Uh, it's a great time to buy too, because you know, the quarterback position is uh, in flux. We'll say, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens there, but it's an absolute dumpster fire in a, in a bad division. And that's what you want to attack. Because you, you can lock up talent for future years knowing that he's going to be the guy and you can sell, you can undersell him a little bit because of the question marks. Like it's tough to go buy a Kenny Galladay or a Kelvin Ridley or Denard Hopkins when everybody knows that they're the guy for years to come, you know, but the scary Terry is still uh, under the radar a little bit. Love it. Yeah. And um, you know, you just say it, it feels like almost it's the year um, that, Terry McLaurin is having that he's going to jump like Calvin Ridley everyone was saying last year okay this is the year where he enters um and you know the year prior to that was Chris Godwin so you know Chris Guy um Terry McLaurin's filling in this role of the guy that is just going to elevate to the next tier and, and kind of stay there and, and be a cemented pillar um Perky outside the running backs uh who you got for your entree I'm going to dip into those rookies and I'm going to stick with the wide receiver and I'm going to do it again because of the opportunity to buy. And that is CD lamb uh, prior to the Dalton Dalton fiasco that we're watching right now. I'd give him two first happily and probably added a piece like a Gallup or a Landry or something like that. Uh, but now I'm just going to wait. I'm going to hope he bombs. I'm going to, I'm going to hope that Dallas can't get it together <laughs> and that there's, I'm going to buy the dip in two or three weeks. Right. Um, so it's, it's just, it's a guy that I could not get that now I think I can. Week eight, nine, 10, right before the trade deadline. And then, you, you know, you just hope that they re-sign Dak. And uh, I know he's got Cooper there, Amari Cooper, which the, you can sell that as it's capping his ceiling. But really, I just think that's going to take the number one corner away. He's not going to face Slay when they face the Eagles. You know, he's, when they face the Rams, he's not going to be up against the number one. He's, he's always going to be the second guy. He can work out of the slot. And uh, if he's the, he doesn't need to be the first read in that kind of offense. I mean, Dak was on a tear like we've never seen. They they don't play defense. They just don't. I'm I'm not even sure they run out there. Um, so <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with C. Lamb. Uh, he was tough to evaluate coming out because he has such good quarterbacks and Baker and Kyler and Jalen Hurts. And so every time I watch Oklahoma, it's just it's just they put up so many points. I don't really know if it's real or not. And then watching him, was he, he's like wide receiver 10 through six weeks. And uh, yeah, he's the real deal. I think 
when, when you're buying a player, you want somebody that's going to be top 10 in years to come. He's top 10 now. And I see him as like a Hopkins type or, you know, a little bit better production in the earlier. So better than Devonte Adams type, but I think that's his ceiling. So I'm a, I'm going to buy CD land if available and I'm going to buy him in two or three weeks because they got a rookie now and Dolph coming back. He doesn't look like a league winner. So I'm just going to hope the value just keeps plumbing in. Yeah, essentially just let this window just keep getting wider and wider yes. and wider and, and, you know, let that stock plummet essentially to those that aren't looking deeper into who CD Lamb is. Um, you know, I, I love that uh, CD Lamb definitely is going to see a tough time ahead this season, but that doesn't mean anything for us in Dynasty. Go ahead, Brick. One more thing. When you get closer to the trade deadline, you can use pieces that people wouldn't normally have bought okay so if they're in the playoff hunt cd lamb is killing them on a weekly basis you can use an older vet that has less value in the long term more value in the in the short term so you could sell them on the actual you know championship because we only play for titles and you, you can try and sell them on that and then you can scoop lamb and beat them with lamb in the playoffs so yeah you know the actually, closer you gonna, get to week 10 that's going to lead perfectly into this dessert course because I've got it as like the sweet and savory ending that are most likely I'm talking, uh, you know, these guys that are maybe a little bit older, um, but they, I want them to be uh, those guys that are the championship. You're going to ride them to the sunset. Like you, you got it. If you've got them, you've got it. I know a little bit in here, I see Jarvis Landry written and obviously with the OBJ injury, um, you know, that, that could be something that you're looking to give to a contender, um, to acquire a guy like CD lamb. So moving right on to dessert, uh, that let's get that sweet guy that is maybe a little bit older, but is going to provide you with that, uh, satisfaction in the end, Garrett. Well, uh, you mentioned Jarvis Landry and I'm actually going to stay on the same team. Uh, I'm going to go with Austin Hooper. He started off the year terrible like absolutely terrible dropped the, in leagues like yes like in people weren't even looking for him i was like ready to put out like missing posters like <laughs> he, i mean it was it was really bad that said we saw the past few weeks up until this week we saw the past few weeks uptick in and in work he's getting more targets he's getting more catches he's getting more opportunities in the red zone even had some touchdowns and this week he was MIA because he, he was out for the week. He's going to be back this coming week. But now that OBJ's gone, we saw Baker absolutely look great in this 12 personnel. And I think as weird as it is to say when your wide receiver one goes out, especially a guy with the talent that Odell Beckham has, that this might actually not hurt this offense that badly because I think they're actually more comfortable not having to force feed the ball to one player. We saw in Baker's rookie season, he put up 27 touchdowns. He didn't have OBJ when he did that, you know? And so I, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Odell. I still think he's a, a very good player, and, and, and I would love to still have him uh, on the Cleveland football Browns. But I think Austin Hooper is going to be a beneficiary of a lot of these, these red zone targets because we saw three touchdown passes to tight ends yesterday when he was gone, and David Njoku and, and, and uh, Brian as well. So I, I think he will be a very solid piece that, you know, before it was like, man, this guy's like, what, tight end 18? Like, what am I supposed to do with that? And I think he could come in at the end of the year and be a top eight, nine type of tight end and really help solidify that position for you at a pretty safe floor of 
you know, seven, eight points a game, but then have the ceiling of, you know, 15, 16 points in a game. And that's what you need from a tight end, especially this year. Just anyone that's going to give you a consistent yes. floor and then provides that upside um, for sure. So, uh, and Austin Hooper, what are, are, are you looking to add him at what kind of cost here? I'm not going to give a first unless it's a tight end premium league. Uh, it's, it's just too, too much risk. Uh, and, and we still aren't a hundred percent certain what's going to happen with this Cleveland offense. Uh, but I'd be willing to give a high end two. I'd be willing to give a high end two if I had to, and I was pushed, uh, that would be like the max I would give. If the need called for it. And I right. do want to mention, I definitely uh, was interested in, in a tweet. I believe it was from Mike Tagliere. Um, he was talking about uh, Baker Mayfield's uh, efficiency uh, previous to OBJ. And then the second that OBJ went out with the injury, his efficiency just skyrocketed and he looked like Baker of rookie year. So, and again, we, it's nothing to put on OBJ's talent. Like we know what that guy is, but it mentally, maybe, I, I don't know, but it, you know, it's just kind of too situational and, uh, and, it just the narrative is fantastic that the second he leaves Baker's efficiency just skyrockets. So dude was 22 um, of 23 after OBJ left the game <laughs> and his one that was an incompletion. I believe I could be wrong. I believe it was a, 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 uh, a clocked pass. Like he threw it into the turf because of the time. Like I know for sure he had 20 straight at one point, which is just absurd. Yeah. He set the Browns record on that. I'm narrative street surprising. all the way. I love yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Berkey, why don't you go ahead and hit us with your dessert course? I, I want to talk about uh, the OBJ thing for a minute because he was killing me when they signed him. Uh, Baker is a shorter quarterback. He's a three-step drop, quick-release guy. When he makes his big plays, he likes to roll out of the pocket. So OBJ killed him. All right, I sold him as soon as they signed him. Because the plays, the routes that he runs, the amount of time that it takes to develop, that's not Baker's game. And then as he gets pressure in his face, he wants to run. He wants to move. And then the timing is off. So I wasn't shocked that his efficiency went up. How far it went up was surprising. Uh, but I think Baker's a nice buy now because everybody thinks Baker will be Baker. And, and so it's, it's just it's a, great, it's a great offense to buy into. And then, like you said, who's going to get those targets? Hooper is a great buy there. So. Uh, it's it's when you watch the actual game of football and you watch them run around, it's tough to get, it's easy to get caught up in the stats and the swagger and the talent levels, but you got to look at what people are actually good at, right? Mm -hmm. Baker is not good at those three-step drop, move the safety with your eyes, hit them on the line. So the fact that there was a, a bad connection there didn't surprise me at all, which on the flip side, you look Jarvis Landry came in and they instantly hit it off because Jarvis is a quick slant guy. He's actually open. He, you don't have to mm -hmm. throw him open, and right. that's more Baker's game. So Hooper's a great buy there. I went a little more expensive here. Um, when I look through my actual teams, because this is the thing on top to give you the title, right? So I went a little older. I went Adam Thielen. Uh, he's, he's, that's a good one. He's, he's tough to buy because he's wide receiver three, but he's 30. So you can sell him on this is probably it. The season's going on. The Justin Jefferson hype is out of this world. Uh and they want to be a run first offense. The good thing is that they can't be because they're always losing. They're down by too many. So if you can find somebody that looks at you, like cousin looks at Adam Thielen, you need to go buy a race. <laughs> okay. Because he stares at him. He throws him when he's not open. He throws him when he is open. He forces him into double coverage and Adam comes through in the clutch, man. And as Justin Jefferson, 
as great as he is, as he develops, it will only open up more things. And if Irv Smith, who's one of my nice sleeper guys, comes along, it will only open up more. And then if Cooks is, is healthy, the play action is something that can work. And if he's not, they're just going to have to air it out. So if you're looking for that cherry on top and you can make a push for Thielen, uh, late in the season, I absolutely would. Otherwise, I'd go tight end if you kill Sir Waller. Again, you have to look at your lead, though, because you have to find somebody that's not going to make the playoffs and buy one of those KG bets that has high upside late in the season uh, or, or one of those value plays that Boston beat there. So, so Adam, titles Thiel- stuff. Adam Thielen, what are you – obviously, as a wide receiver three, he's tough to buy, but obviously being a little bit older in Dynasty, his value has decreased. So what are you, uh, what are you looking to give up for Adam? I'm going to sell my own first. Okay, he's 30, so he's, he's on the downswing. But if you're making a push for a title. So this is supposed to be 112, 116, 114, you know, yep. however big your league is. So I'm 100% com- comfortable slinging a first. And then that guy gets rid of an older guy, gets some youth, and then just hopes you lose in the first or second round. So you, everybody's wins. And then if you win the money at the end of the day, I mean, who cares about that first, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, excellent. And, you know, we're, uh, especially uh, uh, being a nerd herd member and a part of the Dynasty GM tool with the contender rankings. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen is one of those guys that's way up there in your contender, um, you know, uh, a ranking. So uh, if you're a contender, get yourself out there because there's nothing better than winning the chip. Like, that's what we do. That's why we're here. So go get yourself an Adam Thielen, sacrifice the first uh, and, and get that guy. Um, so, guys, this this has been such a great meal. Uh, I'm bringing you guys to the bar. I, I don't care. I'm ready for a drink. Uh, let's get some Fernet. Let's get some DJ Steve's. Um, since you know, Garrett, I wanted to bring you and talk a little story with you at the bar. Um, I got a couple questions for you quick and, uh, I'm, I'm ready to pour some Fernet and, uh, and rip it back. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got a fellow bartender in, in Berkey over there. So the, the Fernet runs deep, but, um, so I real quick, man, I, I really wanted to ask you, um, it, you know, about your combine experience because you know you yeah. got your first year there this year right and um you know getting to watch these incoming rookies um at the combine and even getting to talk with them it, it's incredible for you to have that opportunity so please like you know share with us one of your favorite experiences from the combine yeah dude it was it was surreal because uh i was the only one from nerds that, that went uh I, at first we didn't even think we would get approved to go because uh, apparently there were a lot of fantasy sites that tried to go weren't able to, uh, but we were able to go. And then uh, some of the guys at DLF, I, I met up with some of them there as well. But so, but I'm going there by myself. I live in, in Canton, Ohio. It's in Indy. So it's about a four and a half hour drive. But that first day I needed to be there at like 8.30 or nine o'clock, something like that. So I'd left my house at like 3.30 in the morning, just driving, <laughs> no clue what I'm doing. No, like I don't have anybody that's been there before to like meet up with. I'm like, Hey, well, how does this, I have no clue. Where do I check in? What do right. I- <laughs> Knew nothing. So the first day I parked like almost a mile away. Uh, and so I'm like walking forever to get to this thing and come to find out like there was like special parking that we would have been able to have had I signed up for it ahead of time, which I didn't because I didn't know. <laughs> so I finally get there. Like I'm already running kind of behind, like I'm kind of disheveled. Like uh, the, the area I'm supposed to go to isn't like the check-in area, but it's, separate from where everything else is at but long story short i eventually i got my my pass i got inside and it was as soon as i walked in it was to where they were doing all of the uh all the press time where 
all the guys get to ask all the different questions and stuff like that. And so I walk in and it's, it's, I felt like the smallest fish in the biggest pond ever, because <laughs> literally like I walk in the door and right next to me is Josina Anderson uh, wow. from ESPN. I walk past Andrew Siciliano. I'm walking past like all these beat reporters that I know. And like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, what is this? Uh, and all of the, all of the major television networks like had their own area set up. So like after the players were at the different podiums, which there was like eight or nine different podiums for players to be at when they were done with that, they would bring some of the bigger name ones over to like the TV sets. And so they would talk with them and have their interviews. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm allowed to do. Like, can I take pictures? Can I record stuff? Like no clue. So I just did it anyway. And no one ever stopped me. So uh, I guess it must've been fine. Uh, but uh, it was, it was so cool just to be able to go up and be like, Hey, uh, you know, I, I saw some of your tape from, you know, such and such a game last year. I, I really loved this about your game. How do you think that translates to the next level? You know, and they would get to talk about, you know, certain things like that, or uh, so it was just really cool. And, you know, especially some of the players that I uh, really enjoyed following, or I might've been higher on. And, you know, even, even Tua, like Tua talked about in his, his presser, that like, you know, it, this is my date that I will be able to be like full go. I'll be able to, to, to throw, do all this stuff. And so like, I'm tweeting it out as like other people are breaking this news at the same time. Like just to like be there for that. You got to be Schefter for the day and like right, right. breaking. Yeah. <laughs> Schefter standing to two, two people to the left. Right, there. right. right. He's pretty short right. so he couldn't see. But... Get it out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, man, it was, it was really, really a, a cool experience to be able to be there. Awesome, man. Awesome. And, um, you know, so again, uh, for, for our guys that are listening, uh, our fantasy affairians, um, I, I want to mention, um, you know, that on Dynasty Nerds, they have this incredible tool as a Nerd Herd member that is uh, Nerd Score. And, you know, this yeah. is th this is like your baby, Garrett. Um, so I I've followed this thing for, for since its inception and it's such an incredible tool. So I, I don't want to talk too much about it while I've got you here. So um, in your synopsis breakdown of what nerd score is and how you developed it, uh, what's going on there? So basically what we decided to do is it's myself and a couple other people. Um, and uh, what we did was we wanted to try to remove the draft day bias away from the prospects because the second players get taken by a certain team that we lo love their situation or they got taken in the second, we thought they were going to go in the fourth or, you know, all of these different things happen. It drastically changes the player's value. We wanted a baseline to start with that we could say, this is exactly how we felt about this player. And here's why. So it's basically a true tape score. And so it's myself and other guys that either have spent a lot of time uh, watching tape over the years or, or played college football or, you know, different, different guys like that. And we went through all of the major attributes for a specific player at their position. Uh, and so it would be, uh, you know, things like, like contact balance and acceleration for running backs. It would be, you know, hands and uh, release off the line for wide receivers and different things like that. And we would give them a grade one through 10 and we would also use half points. So, you know, it could be a six and a half or a 10 and a half or 10 was the max. So nine and a half, uh, whatever <laughs> it would. Uh, and uh, all, we, we would put all those numbers together and uh, we used a couple of different little algorithm things and it would spit us out with a, a number. So that way we could say, 
I like this player this much. The like take away what team they went to, take away the injury, take away like take away all the other factors. Just as a pure player on the field, this is how good we believe they are. And so once the once the NFL draft happened, we locked those, so we were not allowed to edit those once the uh, NFL draft yeah. happened. So stay true to the process. Exactly, exactly. So even if like we wanted to cheat a little bit and be like. Well, you know, uh, Jalen Rager did go to the Eagles. There's nobody there, so maybe we should bump them a little. Like, no, like you can't, you can't touch it. Then it, it's it's got to be true to what we saw on tape, and so that's kind of the concept of of what what the nerd score is. Excellent, and I love that tape relevancy. And you know, uh, so before I let you go, Garrett, uh, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't bring up um, our guy. Uh, at the fantasy affairs, um, you know, Jamestown Robinson, uh, we have named him Jamestown, uh, our boy, Sean, the madman Pomeroy, uh, who won't be with us any longer, but he has coined that name, Jamestown Robinson. And, um, you know, we love him as a staff. So I got to yeah. hear your take on him pre-draft process, um, being UDFA and then producing at the level he is. Yeah, so I, I put out a couple tweets back in October of last year, uh, just like, a, hey, this is a guy at Illinois State. Uh, <clears throat> I like the things I've seen. It is a small school. It's tough to know how, you know, his speed, his strength, his agility, all those things translate to, you know, stiffer competition. But definitely a guy to keep an eye on, a guy that I kind of liked. Uh, from that, he did get a, a Shrine Bowl invite. And so I got a chance to watch him uh during the Shrine Bowl stuff, and he looked really good, had some big plays in the Shrine Bowl. And so I was fairly high on him. That said, even though I was fairly high on him, I was not nearly high enough. Like, he has played fantastic so far this season. Um, you know, I, it kind of reminds me of uh, – now, granted, this guy was drafted and, and James Robinson wasn't, but reminds me a little bit of Chris Carson in this, you know, kind of, you know, not, not a lot of draft pedigree there. Uh, but great runner between the tackles, very physical player and sneaky good in the passing game, like better, better than people realize they are. And so I, uh, I'm a fan of James Robinson. I was buying him and uh, Rich and I even had a debate uh, on the podcast. Like, I remember it was like after week two and uh, I was like, you know, he was like, if you can get a second for this guy, sell him right now. And I was like, Rich, if you're selling him for a second, I'm buying like, yeah. I will absolutely buy James Robinson for a second, uh, even if it's just for this season, which I actually think it's going to go longer because I think they're going to do similar to what Miami did last year, where they got a ton of draft picks, but they're going to focus on the key positions that are important for NFL, not fantasy football. So right. they're, they're going to focus on, OK, what's going on in the passing game? And then let's sure up our offensive line and our defense. And I thought J.K. Dobbins, I thought for sure he was going to Miami last year but they did the smart thing. They avoided the running back. They have a guy in James Robinson in Jacksonville that will be just fine next year as well. I think they're going to leave that position alone, except for maybe like a fifth round pick or something. But uh, for the most part, they're going to leave that position alone and they're going to spend all that draft capital on shoring up the important positions like the offensive line and that atrocious defense. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I wasn't so worried about uh, them spending draft capital on it. It was more just the amount of free agents that are coming out this year. I'm having a tough time value in Jamestown. I mean, the, the one share I have, I'm trying to move them, but I'm, I'm not being cheap. I'm looking for like AJ Brown or Godwin or something. And then everybody's selling him. And I, I just don't know what to, what to pay. I mean, I want a piece, but yeah. is he going to stay? Cause there's so many free agents in the offseason. 
it's it's definitely risk reward for sure. What's helped is the the free agency has been trimmed down a little bit because of all those early contracts that we saw right before the season started. So Joe Mixon got locked up, Christian McCaffrey got locked up, uh, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. So right. all four of those guys got oh and Derrick Henry. So and all of those guys were you know slated to be free agents. They all got locked up. So basically, what we have left now at this point is we have Chris Carson, we've got Aaron Jones. Um, Marlon Mack, James Conner. There's, there's some sleeper names and Drake. That, you know, yeah. So I mean, there's definitely guys that could could be a part of that. Mac, I'm I'm worried about. I don't I don't know that he's gonna. I don't know. I've never been a huge Mac guy. Complimentary piece for some team, right? No. Yeah, I don't think he's taking over a backfield. No, um, for, sure. for sure. And and I think Aaron Jones is gonna end up back in in Green Bay. I would be shocked if he didn't at this point. So it's really just is he as good uh, or at least good enough to fend off. Drake Carson, uh, you know those types of guys, and so we'll we'll have to wait and see. But at this point, my guess would be he can. For yeah. sure, awesome. Uh, you know, I, I we we had to fit it in uh, our boy Jamestown Robinson, but um, you know, it, it, this has been just such an incredible table, man. Uh, Berkey, I hope you're uh, I hope you're satisfied, my man. I hope that was a good little table for yeah, you. It was a good meal. It was a good meal. Taking shots after was nice. You know, now I'm going <laughs> to be hitting the hitting the trade. It's trade season, right? I'm be. Oh yeah. <laughs> sending offers, uh, sending offers tonight. Everybody's watching the game. It's a great time. Right, awesome. So uh, again, thank you, my fantasy affairians for checking us out uh, for our table for two with our extremely special guest, Garrett Price. Garrett, where can everyone find you at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at dynasty price. And then uh, all, all over anything dynasty nerds has going on. Uh, I probably tried to mess it up in some way, shape or form. So, <laughs> uh, I'm probably around. Yeah, as a as a nerd herd member, I I please I implore all of our fantasy affairs out there, please check out Dynasty Nerds, uh, Dynasty GM tools, just incredible. And uh, you know, we're actually going to be talking with Nick uh, Piavano uh, soon here for the table. So uh, you know, he's awesome. working pretty hard on that uh, GM tool. So, um, Berkey, uh, where can everyone find you at? Yeah, not only on the website www.fffairs.com, but you can find me at Eric Burkholder six on Twitter. Hit me up anytime. Excellent. Uh, gentlemen, thank you both so much. Uh, I have been your host and it has been amazing to have you. Um, Brian Manganero, you can find me on Twitter at BrianGMFFAffair. Um, hit me up with any questions, rankings, uh, weekly start sits. Um, gentlemen, again, thank you so much and I look forward to seeing you guys next time. All right. Sounds good. Take it easy, boys. Become alive, and the light that you shine can't be seen.